0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How would You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Madison Long, who is the co-founder of Campus Concierge. Hi, Madison. Lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast, actually. That's awesome. So, I guess we can start off with a quick introduction as to who you are and also an answer to the question of the podcast, which is how'd you do it and why should I care? Sure. So, my name is Madison.
1: I uh, met my co founder, Simone May, at Purdue University about eight years ago, and we were fast friends. She was studying computer science, I was studying accounting. And when we graduated about a year and a half into our career, I was at Microsoft and she called me. Um, and was saying, hey, we need to create an app that allows people to order food to their seat at a stadium event. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's get into it. And so we started building that app in um, the spring of 2019, working with some interns and working with people at UC Davis. And it really expanded into, okay, how are we going to make more accessible on-demand services for students on their campus and that's where we got the current version of Campus Concierge which is a student marketplace where students with side hustles can connect with those looking for affordable services.
0: That is awesome and such a good idea so I guess my next question to you would be what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? This is kind of uncharted territory for most something you can't learn in a book for sure.
1: Yeah, I grew up and my dad was an entrepreneur. He has been working in the healthcare space, His whole career and really took some big leaps to work for himself. And I always really admired that. I also, from a young age, was very entrepreneurial. I would, you know, start a little business in the living room. I would try to, you know, get maybe the neighborhood to join in in something I had created, or even at school, like rally my classmates around to try to get a party planned and really like be the project manager. And so I've really always had the spirit of being a self-starter and kind of coming up or executing an idea that other people have come up with and allowing other people to, you know, really create awesome input. But when I was going to Purdue and I was really thinking about my career, I knew that, okay, I have strong project management skills, but not a strong analytical skills. Let me get a degree in accounting. Let me start in finance and let me build up my toolkit so that I can be a more well-rounded entrepreneur. So it was always kind of my North star. I didn't know when it would happen. I didn't know how it would happen, but it was great that it's been able to happen only, you know, four years out of um, graduation.
0: That's so awesome. And um, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, being an entrepreneur's uncharted territory. So what were the best resources for you that really helped you on your entrepreneurship journey? Sure. I
1: think the first thing is mentors. We had mentors from, you know, the industry we're going into, which is higher ed, really helping inform what our product would look like, talking to students. There are mentors as well, seeing seeing what their demands are, seeing what the current environment is like on campus and being nimble to what their needs are. And that's how we really were able to pivot into this marketplace model. And then, you know, also research. There are so many online tools um, that really give you insight into whatever your market might be, maybe how to even get started in investing or how to um, you know, build out a product and make sure you're testing it along the way. And those were from a lot of different resources. But I think the biggest one really is talking to people and seeing what types of tools they use, as well as what kind of advice can they lend you? Because it's such a weird space. You know, you can't, even if there's an entrepreneurial track at your university, there's nothing like actually doing it. And other founders have probably been the most helpful.
0: For sure. And it seems like you spoke to a lot of founders before, but I guess were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in the entrepreneurship industry?
1: Yeah, I think. I think the biggest lesson is not being afraid to get the word out faster. I think we kind of spent the first year being a little bit hush-hush about it, like, okay, we're trying to develop this. We don't want anyone to take the idea. But the idea is not proprietary. Delivery apps exist everywhere. It would have been better if we had started kind of pitching this idea to people more at the initial stages and getting user feedback earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that, again, it's just going to help inform everything and even investor feedback and everything else that we could just start building those relationships then so that now we would have already had a lot of people in our network that will help us get on campus, help us with investments and so on.
0: Yep, yeah, that's awesome. So thinking about the span of your career then as a follow-up, yeah. what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it?
1: Sure. Um, I think one of my biggest failures was one of my internships. I was one of the youngest interns when I was working at a consulting company. And yes. um I was super overwhelmed and didn't know how to ask for help in the right ways. And it just created a environment where I was scared to ask for help and not really, you know, understanding how to apply feedback in a critical manner.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And moving past that and learning that lesson has always put me in the driver's seat of my career since then. So now I have the ability to say, okay, how, what is the problem? Maybe it's from my side, maybe it's a communication problem. And what are the intelligent questions I can ask to get to the bottom of it and and make sure that I'm critically moving forward with that feedback rather than just being like, okay, I need to be perfect. What do I need to do? And panicking. And I think that's something that comes with age, but also comes with experience of your first failure happening because Mm -hmm. it's not a failure. It's just, you know a lesson um, that can feel very dramatic at
0: 19. Oh, for sure. But you know what? In a weird way, I'm kind of glad you had that learning opportunity at 19 because then when you started in work, you knew how to ask for help and what the correct way to receive the criticisms or whatever was. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. And then what advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would say just get started.
1: There's super small Ways you can do it. I mean, with Campus Concierge, if you're interested in starting a side hustle, that's a form of entrepreneurship. Being scrappy. Maybe you're a dog walker. Maybe you're a photographer. Maybe you DJ college parties. Get the ability to start making your own money, negotiating contracts, uh, you know, doing your taxes as an independent contractor, all those things. And then as you have bigger and bolder ideas, those can expand. You can have a team, you can build a platform, you can build a mobile app. But I think the low, low cost options are also fantastic. And I think, you know, I th- the number is 39% of Gen Z's have a side hustle already and the numbers expanding. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're a very entrepreneurial group in general Mm -hmm. and it's exciting to see where that's headed.
0: Yep. And obviously, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of Gen Z people are getting into entrepreneurship and I think there's a sort of perception that's painted about it in the media, but what is one common myth about entrepreneurship that you would like to debunk? Sure.
1: Um, I think the common myth is that entrepreneurs have to grind to death. I think because you don't have any sort of confines, there's no nine to five, right? You can work. I'm working on weekends. I might be working on my birthday, but that's not me working to death. I still take time to take care of my mental health. I still take time to be with family, to be with loved ones, to disconnect. Me and my co-founder don't talk about work on the weekend. It's like our rule. We might work. But we're not going to talk about it when we hang out and get ramen. Yeah. you know. And those are some sort of boundaries to make sure we're still like, we still have lives to live and that's OK. Mm-hmm. And don't feel like this startup will take it all the way. It will consume our entire being because we don't want it to stop being fun. And we also know ourselves and we're not our best selves when we're stressed out around the clock.
0: Yes, that's so important. And following on from that, I feel like you're alluding to a really great work life balance. So, what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I used to work at SGFF.org, which uh, Cheryl Sandberg uh, is the founder and the, you know, head of, which is leanin.org. And when I was working there, I was in charge of the 2020 Women in the Workplace report, which is an incredible report, pretty long, but it really talks about the state of women in corporate America. And right before I left and did Campus Concierge full-time, we were really focused on as an org, you know, what does burnout look like? What are the effects of the pandemic and remote work on women in corporate America. And there's been a lot of interesting research done as we are all going back to work. And I've been reading more and more about that, especially as a small business owner, as I'm hiring my own team, and just how we can make a more inclusive workplace. And some of those solutions are, you know, no meetings on Fridays, making sure that people can take time off when they need to. We had... We have a super small team at Campus Concierge and two members of our team experienced death of an immediate relative since in in the last six months. And what does that look like as someone who now is the decision maker when it says, how much time do you get off? And for us, we're like, let's just lead with empathy first. We can have formal policies later once we're more established. But we were like, take as much time as you need you're going to get paid for what you need to get paid for. Don't even worry about it. You know, here's a DoorDash gift card, something small, in addition to it, just to make sure that they do feel cared for, because this isn't, like I kind of was saying earlier, it's not all about this product. It's, it's about the people and that's the students. We also want on the platform, want them to feel cared for and feel like this is a positive experience and not an app that's going to make them grind day in and day out, you know, And and that's something that, I really credit my time at SGFF too of really understanding workplace norms and how to kind of think about them outside of the traditional box we've been working in for the last hundred years.
0: Yeah, and that's awesome that you sort of came into campus concierge with a vision in mind, and you know you you knew how you wanted to treat your customers, which were the students. So I'm really glad that you kind of had that experience.
1: Me too. I'm grateful.
0: Awesome. So following on from that, I'm sure you met amazing people, you know, your previous internships, but who are three people in your life who've been the most influential to you? And sorry, I had to limit it to three.
1: No worries. Um, I mean, not to be the cornball of it all, but it's my mother and father first. Um, Both of them have just done incredible in their career and raising me and my sisters, in taking care of their extended family, and also in just giving us the freedom, like their children, the freedom to try new things and to take bold steps. My dad is an entrepreneur. My mom, you know, has been working in corporate America but in so many different segments and so many different like business elements. And both of them, especially for campus concierge have been so transformatively helpful um, in my own journey. And then I think in addition to them, it'd probably be one of my advisors from Purdue University, Darren Henry. And he took me from high school and was like, hey, you need to come to Purdue. We're going to put you in a program that is a great network. It will accelerate your career here, get you in front of, you know, alumni who are doing awesome things. And that's the Business Opportunity Program in Craner, Purdue's Craner um, School of Management. And that was a huge pivot for me. That's where I was able to be really competitive in my own career, really grab it by the horns, do all the things I didn't even know I needed to do to get to where I'm going now. And it just was the first domino of many to get me to where I am now.
0: Awesome. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life?
1: Um. Yeah, I think that you can't control what you can't control and really like accepting that. I think I've, you know, at some times really had big bouts of just anxiety trying to control maybe, oh, someone's really upset. Let me help control that. But also on the business side or in my own career, there's some things you can't control and letting go of that more recently has really provided a lot of freedom and a lot of um time to allow me to focus on what is the most important, what I can control, and what will uh, be the most important to prioritize um, when thinking of it through that context.
0: Yes, what an important message and a lovely note to end on. So thank you so much, Madison, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was lovely to hear-, you, to hear more about what you're passionate about. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye.